0: Hey y'all, welcome back to KW1S, this is Vera and I am here with episode 7, Ethics. Why should I care and what's in it for me? (laughs) For me personally, um, you know, I've always kind of viewed being good and doing the right thing as like something that was pretty self-evident, right? Like you just do it because it's the right thing to do. But for a lot of people, I just, I don't think it's that simple or clear Um, I think a lot of people really do need to know, like, what's in it for me? Why should I care? Like, people need to know the answers to these things. And for the nihilists tuning in, I think there's also the question of, like, do ethics even matter? I mean, if we're all just going to end up rotting in the ground anyways, why do ethics matter? Uh, So I think these are fair questions to answer. Um, At the turn of the century, we had a philosopher named Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, He's the father of nihilism, and he posed the problem of meaninglessness. Right before smearing his brains all over the wall with a shotgun. (laughs) And so for the past hundred or so years, we've all had to figure out how to live with the stain and the stench of meaninglessness. What difference does it matter which philosophy I choose? If they all ultimately result in death anyway, right? So if you haven't had your existential crisis yet, you definitely will after this episode. (laughs) So let's start with the easy stuff. What are the practical benefits of being ethical? Because let's be real, being, making ethical decisions is not easy. It can be inconvenient, it can be uncomfortable, challenging, uh, sometimes even expensive, and you're gonna be required to get out of your comfort zone and make personal changes. Ethics are definitely not for the mentally or emotionally lazy, so why do it then? Uh, I suppose the most basic reason to be ethical is because it's in your best interest whatever your goals or desires are in life, you're gonna need someone's help to get there. Whether you want fame, fortune, a family, or just to be left the fuck alone, you're gonna need the cooperation of other people. Being ethical, i.e. exploiting or manipulating people to get your needs met, means that you're constantly burning through relationships with people. Because when someone does more giving, when someone does more taking than giving, Eventually, people catch on and they don't want to work with you no more. They don't want to cooperate with you. And so that means that you have to find another mark and start over. It's kind of like building castles in the sand. You're constantly having to start over with people. Over time, there's just far more benefits and rewards for maintaining healthy and sustainable relationships with quality people than there are for using, for using people and having to hunt for new marks all the time. I can't tell you how many times being nice I've been nice to someone for no good reason and it's come back to reward me tenfold. Like people I expected nothing from have come back to help me in the most unexpected ways. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen the exact opposite. People fucking themselves by copying attitude with the wrong goddamn people. When you behave unethically, you lose out on potential future gains and you create more potential for future loss because, you know, people remember shit. This transient way of life might be okay when we're young but it becomes much harder as we get older and our needs for comfort and support from others becomes greater. Now I'll be the first to tell you contemplating ethics ain't going to make you a quick buck (laughs) and philosophy isn't going to save you from the ubiquitous reality of death. However, ethics are for people who play the long game because the real benefits of behaving ethically are gained over time and they're abstract in nature. Just like any tool, there are limits to the kinds of subjects we can discuss and the questions that we can answer using rationality alone, because at some point, we have to acknowledge and account for the unknown. Ethics don't directly benefit our physical needs as much as they do our spiritual ones. And as conscious beings, we all have spiritual needs. Now, what those needs are and how they're expressed is going to be different for everybody, obviously, but what's undeniable is that we all have them. At some point, everybody wonders, why am I here? What's my purpose? What makes a life meaningful? How do I find a sense of certainty when there's so much about the world that I don't know and I don't understand? How do I reconcile my spiritual desires with my physical limitations? The real benefit of being ethical lies in the texture of one's life. Because we know that our lives and memories are greater than just the sum of the bones and buildings that we leave behind. Because we know that when we strip away all emotion, spirituality, and compassion from our daily lives, what we're left with is really just a shell of human experience. To not account for emotions and the human need for spirituality, To talk about humanity, philosophy, and ethics without taking emotions into account is like doing math without any variables. Sure, you can do a whole bunch of fancy random arithmetic, but you're not gonna be able to solve any real problems. And personally, I'm just not cut out to be a fucking bean counter. So even though I have the skills and I'm capable of doing like a million other careers that would make me far more financially stable, I choose this route because I know that no matter what I do or how much I acquire, I'm never going to be satisfied with myself or my life unless I acknowledge and take care of my spiritual needs. This is why people have midlife crises. They chop their hair off and they make an ass of themselves trying to validate their self-worth. But there's really only so long that we can run around living an absurd, postmodernistic hedonistic existence because eventually that shit gets old. I mean, you can deal with it now or you can deal with it later, but there's no getting around it. You're never going to find satisfaction, purpose, and meaning without creating real genuine connections with other people. And I'll tell you why I know this. If you've ever watched my Chatterbait shows or if you know me in person, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know that I am a sucker for fucking hot (laughs) douchebags. Um... But underneath it, though, underneath the shallow, the shallow bits of that, is this sort of uh, fascination. I have this fascination with how these types of people operate—these wealthy, hyperlogical, like non-emotional types. I would look at these kinds of cocky assholes with all their fancy toys, and I would wonder, like, what exactly is it that you have that I don't? Like, why does your world look so much different from mine? I mean, by most American standards, you know, these assholes were living the dream, right? They got cars, money, career, toys. I mean, obviously, I must be missing something. Like, they must have something that I don't have, right? And so, I spent a lot of time fucking these kinds of dudes, right? Trying to figure them out. Dudes without the burden of caring about other people had more time to focus on the finer things in life, right? Like making money, getting buff, and accumulating stuff. (laughs) And as it turns out, they did have something that I didn't have. They had, they all had this big fucking emptiness. This big fucking empty hole. I have brushed up against this emptiness in so many different forms. Gorgeous underwear models with fucking train wrecks for lives. Uh, this aging soap star who paid for my first apartment. Who paid my rent through college, right? All of them the same. All of them the same. I remember uh, I used to work at this coffee shop. And at the time, I was still working full-time at this coffee shop. I was going to school full-time. And I started seeing one of our regular customers. He was cute, surly, rode a Ducati, had just made his first six figures, Right? So within no time, I was lounging around naked in his penthouse condo, eating food I couldn't pronounce and fucking rolling his whip like it was mine. (laughs) But um, very quickly, uh, I noticed like in his downtime, he'd get bored, he'd get restless. And it wasn't like motivation, you know, because motivation has like a target and a direction. It was this deep-seated, like, spiritual unrest. He was just bored. And it made him grouchy and sour and really fucking unpleasant to be around. Like, I remember he would just passively pick at people, you know, especially people that were really close to him or, like, people that were his subordinates. Um, and one afternoon, we were hanging out, right, we're having brunch, and he he's doing this to me, and he keeps trying to get a rise out of me, just saying these things, just poking at me until finally I just said I was like bruh don't you got any hobbies besides picking at me like ain't you passionate about something you bored ass motherfucker don't you got a hobby (laughs) and he kind of was like he was kind of taken back he paused and he was like well no not really I mean like you know he's like I mean I used to like riding my motorcycle but you know I got a speeding ticket so I can't really do that no more you know he's like I like playing basketball but I fucked up my knee so I can't really do that no more he's like, I mean, I kind of already reached all my goals. Like, you know, first it was like, make 50K, right? I did that. Then it was like, make 100K. He's like, cool, I did that this year, you know? Like, he's like, what's my next goal? I don't know, like 150K? <laughs> and he like, he laughs dryly and he's just like, I mean, I don't know. Like, what else is there? I was stunned. Like, I just, I could not identify with his with the way he was thinking, with his train of thought, how he lived his life, like. Another time I hooked up with this this cute Nepali boy that I'd met at a at a goth club in L. A. He did some kind of software tech shit in the cloud, you know, and we're laying in this big hotel bed. And I remember I was talking to him about like, you know, like my social justice stuff and like my goals for college and what I wanted to do. And I remember he very apathetically cuts me off and he's waving his big expensive watch around and he's like, ugh, he's like, I'm 24. I've already accomplished all my goals. Goals are boring. He's like, goals are boring. I said, oh, really? You've accomplished all your goals. So what? You like done with life then? Is that it? You tell me you like done with life then? I said, maybe your goals are fucking boring. I was like, what were your goals anyway that you've already accomplished anyhow? He's like, oh, well, you know, like, come to the U.S., go to school, get the degree, get the career, make the money, buy the car, travel, party. He's like, I mean, you know, that's what you're supposed to do, right? That's what you do with your life. And I was like, okay, so you did that, so then what? Then what? He's like, I don't know, you know, start a business, work less, travel more, party in different places. I mean, that's life. (laughs) I was like, you don't think that's going to get old? just partying and looking at shit, you don't think that's going to get old. He's like, well, nah, I mean, he's like, ah, well, you know, I mean, every country's different, you know? I mean, no two countries are the same, you know? They've all got something different, things you can do here that you can't do there, and... And, it, and even as he's trying to fucking sell it to me, I could tell by this distant look in his eyes that he ain't fucking buying it. And he don't even believe what he's telling me, right? <laughs> This last one, I remember, uh, (laughs) I remember uh, this other time, uh, I went to a convention with this cam model, and he had way more fans than me, makes way more money than me. Um, But I remember at this convention, like the photographers, the fans, other performers, like everybody there loved me. And everybody who walked by would like flirt with me. Whenever we'd walk by, people would like stop me to talk to me and you know, they'd be like, even though we were holding hands, they'd be like, I fucking me and trying to snap my picture, passing around my stickers, you know? I didn't make shit for money, but I had a fucking great time. Like I had an amazing time. And I remember on the way home, like he kept making the same comment. Like he wouldn't let it go. He was like, how come people like you so much? Like I don't get it and And it was weird he kept bringing it up like it really it really seemed to bother him he was like i mean i'm more popular than you i have more fans than you people know who i am like but people like notice you more than me it's like they just like you better he's like you know it's probably probably because you're a girl you know you know this industry you know blah 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 (laughs) and then you know of course you know blah 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 (laughs) yeah sure it's because i'm a girl (laughs) <laughs> you know, from my perspective, like, that kind of life is just miserable. Like, that's just a fucking rough way to live. Like, I could never, I could never live that kind of life. <sighs> and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Like, I'm fortunate to have had some fucking amazing life experiences. Like, you know, for being a fucking poor Latina from LA, like, I've had some fucking amazing life experiences. I've driven hours deep into the frosty winter desert with nothing but the air in my lungs and a fucking 808 beat in my chest, just to howl at the moon, shoulder to shoulder with my fucking tribe, you know, my fucking people. Like, I've had the honor of spinning fire in the great circle of Burning Man for over in front of over 60,000 people. I've had orgies in mansions and remote cottages with names like the castle. You know, I've cliff-dived into pools so blue I could see my toes at the bottom of the water. I've been strung up naked over a pool like a human chandelier. I spent a month in Israel, you know, soaking in natural mineral springs and scrubbing my skin down with fresh salt from the Dead Sea. I've I've been in sacred historical spaces, and I've walked on stones that were thousands and thousands of years old. And what's made all of these experiences so powerful wasn't the food or the fire or the rocks or the salt or the sex. It was the fucking beautiful people that I shared them with. Not just physically beautiful, but people who opened their homes and their hearts to me. People who welcomed me into their world and trusted me enough to share a little piece of themselves and their life with me all of these experiences would be fucking empty without the people that I shared them with. Meaning doesn't come from shared activity, it comes from shared experience. Human beings are hardwired to be social creatures. Having a rich spiritual life is what gives us inner strength, a solid sense of self, of purpose and dignity, and the tools to resonate and connect with other people. When we don't have something that internally connects us to ourselves and other people, we have to create external connections to things and accomplishments to validate our sense of self and belonging. And unfortunately, the connections that we create with numbers and objects will never be as satisfying as the ones we create with other people. We can run from these kinds of truths all we want by filling every moment of our day with activity and ambition and accomplishments, or numbing it all down with toys and travel and games and entertainment. But at the end of the day, we know that we can't run from our human nature and our inherent needs for connection, identity, meaning, and purpose.